0: we're back with another episode of inside sports fantasy football it's gerald glassford coming right back at you here from inside sports fantasy football game source pop culture cosmos and the lakers fast break we truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our great shows and also watching us whenever you get a chance on any one of our youtube channels whether it's the pop culture cosmos game source or also the lakers fast break Well, the NFL draft has come and gone the uh, virtual way that they did it. I mean, there was a little bit of hitches here and there, but for the most part, I think the NFL can safely say outside of Roger Goodell's basement, it was a big success and a lot of viewership. I think over 6 million at some point during the course of the first round were actually watching the NFL draft, so it has to be considered a big success, but For some of the teams out there, it also was a big success. And for some others, their drafting skills, well, I should just say they were a little bit left to be desired. And let's put it that way. Here today with me to talk about what went on with the NFL draft and how it may relate to even some possibilities for fantasy owners down the road. Although for the most part, you shouldn't be counting on rookies to come in and contribute in a big way anytime soon. But still, you never know. We're going to go ahead and give you some feelers out on that as well. It is my good friend. You can catch him all the time on Inside Sports on Facebook. Also as well, at Chris L. Sports on Twitter. Or catch him even on his LinkedIn page as well. He's very active there. That's somewhere i got to go a little bit more often. It is my good friend. It is Chris Sardieri. And Chris, welcome back, man. A great three days for NFL fans
1: galore. Gerald, great to be back. And I agree. It was nice to have uh, not only a live sporting event per se, but some football to analyze and talk about and second guess. And uh, like you said, kind of getting a glimpse into the world of Roger Goodell's home life via his basement. Yeah, that's
0: not exactly the image I wanted to see, especially the way he was trying to artificially get that virtual crowd for each team excited and pumped up. The way he was doing it, he just seemed like a man out of character I think he just should have just strayed away from that because he was not only not generating enthusiasm for that fan base that was actually already doing it themselves, he was providing somewhat of a little bit of an embarrassment for himself. So I don't know. I mean, he tried. I give him an a you know at least an A for effort, but his ingratiating warmth did not come across during the draft process. In fact, I don't think he has ingratiating warmth from what I hear from a lot of people <laughs> out there, but. Be that as it may, I want to say this. They could have chosen a better host for the deal, but these commissioners, they always have to do it and whatnot. But I think that it would have been an even bigger success had they found a right host for it. But what they did get still is a very solid performance all the way around. Technical-wise, it seemed to be pretty good outside of a young man actually dissing or ghosting an actual team trying to call him that drafted him. That was pretty funny. But outside of that, it seemed to be going off well outside of a couple small hitches here or there.
1: Yeah, I agree. And and look, Roger Goodell's not exactly a Mr. Personality. We know he's more like a robot than a human being. I I give him credit for at least throwing it out there to fans virtually boo him and keep the annual tradition going. But even that went over like a lead balloon. I mean, at one point I remarked to you that it looked like he was uh, reading in a hostage video uh, as harsh as that sounds the guy just got like no charisma or personalities monotone I, I thought the the highlight of his performance was. uh I don't remember if it was day two I believe he just finally gave up and sat down in his easy chair and I felt like I was watching like, some sort of Christmas special maybe going back to the Bing Crosby or Bob Hope days I don't know but other than that like you said uh, technically given all the the you know think about the inputs and the the Wi-Fi and the whatever sort of connections they needed audio video, I thought it went off pretty well. And on the ESPN side, you got to hand it to Trey Wingo with that many people talking on his screen and reading off the pics and him being the Lone Ranger there in Bristol. I thought he did a good job.
0: Yeah, I do that every now and then too. I I can go ahead and do he what he could. Although you're right in doing it in front of six million people. I think that was a pretty good job by him. But still, there were some points where they were talking over each other, and those were kind of the little glitches that stood out. It's something that they could have managed better. I think if there was just some audible cues that Wingo gave a little bit more, like what I do for you, Chris, or when you were on with Jason, and I will actually say, hey, Jason, do this, da-da-da-da-da, or Chris, what are your thoughts on this? You know, it's Just making mm-hmm. sure that that person has the audible cue. I think it's simple to do. Sometimes we forget about that, and I even forget about that sometimes when I'm hosting more than one person. But still, I think it's something that he could have been a little bit more cognizant now throughout the show. But I think for the most part, he handled it pretty well.
1: Yeah, he did. He had a tough job, and by no means am I a Trey Wingo apologist, but uh, you know it could have been a heck of a lot worse. But uh, all in all, I, I mean, look um, – I think uh, we had a few interesting draft picks, to say the least. Bill Belichick's dog made an appearance, and I think at the end of the day, everyone was happy. Absolutely. just the dog was happy. The
0: dog was probably in better spirits than Belichick. Belichick (laughs) didn't get a quarterback. Maybe the dog would have chosen a quarterback better, but it is what it is. I'm not going to argue with the Patriots because they've had a lot of success, even though they're right now in a state of flux of what's going on. But, yeah, I just think right now that, it was the best, pretty much the best that you could handle it, given the circumstances. So I'm going to compliment the NFL on that, even though you're right, there should have been some chestnuts and open fire somewhere within <laughs> Roger Goodell's house at that point in time.
1: Yeah, definitely. Well, it was, it was fascinating to see his memorabilia and books. It's kind of a uh, shed a light on the man, the myth, the legend.
0: Yeah, exactly. So I just wanted to ask and let you know right now there's some good things that happened in the nfl draft i know there's some things that you were very upset about and you relayed that not only to me privately but you relayed that on instagram as some of the (laughs) picks were being announced especially for your new york giants so we'll get get this out of the way we'll get this out of the way yeah what were some of the things that made you the most disturbed about what went on at the nfl draft
1: so i think um you're partially to blame you. You say you like my Dave Gettleman rants and I had to put it out there for the world to see. Uh, it was <laughs> it partially the, my fault then. Yeah yeah I mean well the, the fault in quotes but uh, yeah, we put it out there on the Inside Sports Instagram page. I put it on my personal page to uh, my family and friends that are Giants fans for their amusement but uh, yet again I tell my son he's 12 and Dave Gettleman will never cease to disappoint you and he did it again and we knew the Giants were going to take a tackle. This guy's not someone – actually, he probably is someone you want to play poker against because he tips his hand so well. And they go and take a tackle from Georgia named Andrew Thomas, who you know, some of the animals were being polite and said he was a safer pick. But I don't think he was anywhere near the top of most experts draft boards. You look at Werfs or uh, Becton. I think those guys have more upside. But that's who he took. And let's face it, Dave Gettleman is uh, – a man whose job is likely on the line and his job is to protect Daniel Jones and get Saquon Barkley room to run in the hopes of, uh, getting some semblance of a winning season put together here in the near future. So I was not happy with that. Um, like, you know, go out on a limb, I'd say Isaiah Simmons, a Clemson, whether he be linebacker or safety was a good pick. And I think the Cardinals got a steal there falling. They, they fell to them. The Giants defense is atrocious. And I know you need offensive linemen, but, uh, you know, unless the guy's a surefire Hall of Famer, I don't know if you take him at pick four that high in the draft. So, I know that the Dolphins and, and Chargers were happy because they got their future quarterbacks thanks like, to the Giants and the Lions before them. Exactly. So, I will say this: that the, even though there was some,
0: I guess, some head scratching maneuvers by the New York Giants and a couple other teams that were making reaches, I think especially in the middle of the first round, there were some reaches there about players that were barely even in the top 100 on most people's lists, on most of these draft experts lists that somehow managed to sneak into the first round overall, pretty much most of the teams picked accordingly. I think obviously it comes to the point when uh, there's a lot of focus that was shined upon the number five and number six picks between Miami and the Los Angeles chargers. So you know it went true to form. We you know most people thought Miami would go ahead and pick Tua, and obviously after that the Los Angeles Chargers needing a quarterback also picked up a quarterback as well. So I want to hear your thoughts on that because it was true to form. Now that the dust has settled, do you think it was the
1: right move by both teams? I do. Look at the Dolphins. Going into the season, everyone thought, oh, hashtag tank for Tua. They were gonna go 0 and 16. They're trading away veteran players like Tunsell and Minka Fitzpatrick for draft picks. And what happens? Tua goes out and gets hurt. The Dolphins are bluffing, saying they're willing to trade up. Then they were sending out signals that they didn't want Tua. They wanted Herbert. And they played everyone for the fool. They sat put. They're a team that even went on and won a few games down the stretch. And football fans everywhere have to thank them. They beat the Patriots in Week 17 in a comeback force the Pats to lose their bye week and then they go down in in round one against the Titans. So thank you, Brian Flores team. But I I think if two is healthy and and let's face it, they did their due diligence. They got the clean bill of health from a doctor. I think this could really be good for them. It's their quarterback of the future. And should he be healthy? I think he's got tremendous upside now. Will that translate into he's a uh, 10 year quarterback or future Hall of Famer? no one knows this is all a crap shoot, but going with the data and the opinions we have now, I think it's good. And I think the Chargers too, look, got to hand it to Tom Telesco. Unlike the Giants, he didn't keep Phillip Rivers around for a year and draft a quarterback and create an instant controversy. Let Rivers go, told people Tyrod Taylor was going to start, which uh, everyone knew is either a farce or he had lost his mind. And he got his man in Herbert. And I don't know if he'll be the answer. He's 6'6". He can run. We'll see how he handles the NFL game. But Again, the Chargers didn't have to give up any draft capital to get the guy they wanted. So uh, I think as it stands now, it's it's a win-win for both teams.
0: We'll be right back with more fantasy football.
1: Check out what's been going on with the Pop
0: Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. I see the potential for basically like another Netflix kind of paradigm shift where
1: promoted and this is a thing where audiences do not agree with critics that's the
0: pop culture cosmo show and the pcc multiverse every week on apple podcasts and over a dozen of your favorite streaming and podcasting options so with the chargers then they're playing at sofi stadium they're no longer at carson i believe is that correct correct okay so if they're going into this big new stadium Unfortunately, it looks at this point in time. Even though there's talent across the board, there's going to be really no one that I think there's going to be giving a whole bunch of faith. Although Tyrod Taylor is effective and can lead the team probably to maybe even a nine and seven record, maybe whatnot. I I think he can be effective enough for that. He he turns the ball over a minimum. At least that he can do very well. It's just he doesn't give you that extra oomph you need sometimes out of the pocket. So. Even though he's a very safe quarterback as far as a low-number turnover, he also doesn't get you that many touchdowns. So I think that if you want to go ahead and put the more exciting option or the more, uh, or the, the option with the bigger potential in Justin Herbert, you're going to go ahead and have some bumps in the road. You're not going to be able to go ahead and be as effective right off the bat. So I, I think there's going to be, if they, if they do that, if there's going to be some rebuilding in SoFi Stadium, between them and the Rams, because the Rams don't exactly look like they're at a Super Bowl level at this point in time either.
1: Yeah, they're really in cap hell to say the least. Although they're trying to uh, at least rebuild on the offensive side a little, it looks like through the draft. But, but I agree with you. I mean, Taylor is a, a nice NFL backup quarterback. Maybe he could train Herbert. But uh, regardless, I don't think anything they did this past weekend is going to move the needle. They're having a problem selling tickets. And I, don't see it getting any better.
0: Well, you got to make sure you have those visiting teams go ahead and buy up all the tickets because that's what happened when they were in Carson. I mean, when was the last time the Chargers played a home game? It was when they were in San Diego.
1: Exactly, and even there, they were having some years where the uh, besides the Raiders, the Chiefs and Broncos fans were showing up in uh,
0: in droves. So we've got some of the teams that I think did fairly well. I also think the Arizona Cardinals. Where they had a chance, I think, with a top flight, with a to- really, really top flight linebacker, uh, you know, it just really seemed like they did very well. I also think the Baltimore Ravens did very well. I mean, like I said, with the Arizona Cardinals, I think getting Isaiah Simmons was just a steal. Baltimore Ravens adding so much more to their offense with J.K. Dobbins, and Devin DuVernay. I think those two really made it special for the Baltimore Ravens and they were just letting these picks fall right to them. And I know Cincinnati Bengals you know they got Joe Burrow. So really it, it looks like something that they're going to be able to go ahead and have a cornerstone quarterback for at least the foreseeable future. But dare I say it, could the team with the best picks in the NFL draft and the one that the team the team in my opinion that had the best draft overall could it possibly be the Dallas Cowboys.
1: It could be when you consider how CD lamb fell to them. And I'm still scratching my head to this day. And when you think about on top of that, they killed a second bird with that stone because they kept him from going to their rival Philadelphia Eagles. So um, they are going to be a team to be reckoned with on offense. Now, I don't know how good they'll be on defense. They may have a shootout every week, like the good old AFC West of the 1970s. But I'll tell you what, from a fantasy perspective, there are so many weapons on that side of the ball. You, you can take your pick. I mean, part of me is like, why did they even need to re-sign Amari Cooper to that big deal with, with the wide receiver depth in this draft? I mean, I know it's second guessing and everything's Twenty twenty 20. yeah, and you I, didn't I, know but, all these, uh,
0: even though, like you said, there's a bunch of wide receivers. You didn't know that someone like CD Lamb was going to actually fall down to the Cowboys. No one could have predicted
1: that. No, I, I know that, but there were still some wide receivers around. I mean, um, You look even going into the second round, a guy like K.J. Hamler, who the the Broncos got and I think was a very nice pick. um, There's a lot of depth at that position this year. So I'm I'm second-guessing in the sense that you're going to give all that money to Cooper, who I don't think is a big-money wide receiver. Spread that out across your defense or maybe invest in an offensive lineman and, you know, you get yourself a young wide receiver. Gallup's a good receiver. So that said, I I think they just completely – lucked into lamb good for them although he uh grabbed grabbed his cell phone back from his girlfriend i thought that was another amusing highlight of the draft
0: that and jerry jones drafting
1: from the yacht with so many people (laughs) there
0: just just amazing absolutely amazing
1: (laughs) yeah uh that's a sitcom waiting to happen right
0: exactly yes it is well i think like i said for me the dallas cowboys are uh, the winners of the draft, Baltimore Ravens did extremely well, and Arizona Cardinals were also three of the top teams for me. Uh, I, if, you, if you're if you playing fantasy football, that does mean. Now, mind you, CeeDee Lamb, you can't expect him to produce at a top level right away as a rookie, especially on a team loaded at wide receiver. But still, that's just another option for Dak Prescott. And I know Dak, Dak Prescott is, in, in the fans' mind, all over the place as far as good or bad. But as a fantasy option, I think he even becomes a bigger option and not only a top 10 quarterback, but someone who could sneak into the back end of the top five as well with those kind of options.
1: Yeah, he could. And when you look at the, uh, the teams, in the NFC East, that'll be facing six times this year. I don't think any of them are going to have a formidable defense here in 2020. So that'll bode well for him as well. So I had my three picks.
0: I know you've got three teams that have in mind as well, as far as which teams had the best outcome in the NFL draft. I've also got some bad teams as well, but let's go ahead and go off of your three teams that you think did best in the NFL draft.
1: Well, you, uh, you stole two of mine in the Cardinals and the Ravens. We definitely agree on that, but I'll, I'll throw a few more further down the list for me. I really like what the Indianapolis Colts did. Uh, they got Michael Pittman jr. A, uh, what some people feel, uh, one of the more underrated wide receivers coming out from USC. And then they also got Jonathan Taylor, the running back from Wisconsin. He fell to them in the second round, whether Phillip rivers is a long-term answer or not. I think he's uh, got himself some more weapons this year. And then later on, they waited around and picked up Jacob Eason out of the university of Washington, a big arm quarterback jury still out on him. He was originally at Georgia and then Jake Fromm beat him out for that job. And he, transferred to washington the, the scouts got a, a lot of they have a lot of good things to say about his arm and um the good thing is at the very least for a year he'll learn under rivers and Reich, so that could be a nice long-term play and then um i also like what the uh broncos did in the sense that you know, jerry judy in the first round hamler in the second round um from a fantasy perspective that could bode well for drew Locke, who really looked like a like a good quarterback down the stretch so um in terms of fantasy production i think that's a team to keep your eye on there they brought in melvin gordon to play running back and as long as he doesn't hold out he should be a good fit there and then a uh, little further down the list I, I like the lions in the sense that they got a good shutdown corner in the first round and then in the second round they got a running back that felt them and deandre swift out of georgia that i have no idea Uh, how he ended up in the second round. I know they've got a running back already, but we know the NFL, you can never have enough running backs. They age pretty quickly, and I I think that's a good value pick there for the Lions. So I don't think they're going to turn it around, but I do think those are two good picks, which is kind of uncharacteristic of the Lions, isn't it? Yes, it is. It's something that
0: still amazes me when the Lions go ahead and succeed in the draft because they've had so many failures in the recent past Uh, overall as a franchise they've not done very well in the NFL draft so any type of success they can have is considered a you know just a success for them even more so than other teams because they're they're not able to overcome some of these mistakes that they made in fact they've not even been a really a competitive team for so many years outside of maybe one season out of here or there where they make it to like a first round of the playoffs and all that
1: definitely and you know what Matthew Stafford's not getting any younger I guess they want to give it another go at him this year but at some point you think they've got to address that too with a quarterback
0: so we talked about some of the teams that have really done well in the NFL draft this year now we got to go ahead and talk about some of the teams that I feel and you feel did not do so well and I really got two uh, I mean I guess you could say three but for the most part I think there's overwhelmingly two teams that are really not well thought of. In fact, I guess you could say three. Third place I would give the New England Patriots, I don't think they, you know, first of all, they didn't draft a quarterback, which I thought was kind of scratching my head. I think they loaded up on tight end a little bit too much as well in the draft and uh, getting a kicker when they did uh, someone who was not as highly thought of as some other kickers, that, I think, was a reach as well. So the New England Patriots, maybe they know what they're doing. They've known for so long, so maybe they know a lot more, more than I do when it comes – and some of these draft experts as well as what they picked for their draft. Number two, I would probably say I'm going to have to lean towards the Houston Texans, uh, the Texans, Bill O'Brien. Man, get somebody get this guy off their, their leadership team and just have him coach because continual mistakes – doing mistakes just maybe an average draft at best nothing that really gets them a something that's out there i mean they didn't really have a, a lot to choose from at the places they were picking off so i guess you could say they did okay at best but still i mean the the stench from you know the one of the worst trades of all time and deshaun watson stills there and i think that's going to make anything that they do unless they can find a player in this draft that can really produce at a high level. It's going to hurt them and haunt them for a long time to come. And then last yeah, but not I, least, oh, go ahead.
1: No, no, I was going to say completely agree. Uh, and then this is just Bill O'Brien's uh, MO continually, and he never ceases to disappoint, does he?
0: No, he doesn't. And I just wanted to go ahead and, as a final note, the worst team to draft in this year's NFL draft was the Green Bay Packers. Uh, Somewhere Aaron Rodgers is still fuming. I know he sent along a good word for for the kid that they drafted as a backup quarterback, Jordan Love, but I'm not sure. They had a lot of pieces that they need to fill for a team that with the right steps can still be a solid playoff team and compete for a Super Bowl. You never know, but they didn't get it done in any of the draft picks. They really helped them out, but getting Jordan Love at this point in time when you still have two to three healthy years left for a very efficient and proficient Aaron Rodgers who we kind of criticize at times but still his level at times can still be outstanding so I understand you may not be getting MVP level Aaron Rodgers but still as we talk about with a lot of other players that are great still even in their mid-30s and whatnot that's still a lot better than a lot of other players that can never approach that level.
1: Yeah, I completely agree with you, Gerald, especially on the Patriots and Packers. You know, one of the biggest main con- misconceptions about the legend that is Bill Belichick is that he's this great evaluator of talent. And he is in the sense that they'll find guys late in the draft to make players out of them. But in terms of his uh, early round picks and some of his strategies, he's he's been more missed than he has hit. I don't think they've drafted an offensive uh, Pro Bowl player since Gronkowski in 2010. That's a full decade. I get you need a tight end, but taking two that closely and that high in the draft makes no sense to me. I mean, again, I, I don't know if he thinks he's got something with Stidham at quarterback or he just really didn't like the class this year. Some are theorizing they're just going to tank to get Trevor Lawrence next year. I, I highly doubt Bill Belichick will do that, uh, knowing his ego and the way his mind works. The Packers are uh, just unbelievable on so many levels. So if you are going to draft, Aaron Rodgers' successor, which is kind of funny how life comes full circle. Think back to far 15 years ago when Rodgers was drafted. But if you really wanted Jordan Love that badly, I really don't think the Packers need to trade up with the Dolphins to go up a few slots, and they easily could have had him at 30. Is he a future NFL quarterback? I don't know. He looks like he's got a lot of ability. They blamed his poor senior season on a lack of weapons. But you know, you're pissing off your franchise quarterback. You're paying a ton of money right now and you're trading up, and you're not addressing your real needs, or you could use some more wide receiver depth. And how about you, Gerald? I don't know what game Matt LaFleur was watching against the 49ers in the NFC Championship, but that defense was porous, to say the least, and couldn't tackle. Get yourself some defensive line help, some linebackers. Uh, uh, that's really where the need was, not a backup quarterback or a future quarterback. That's where I would have gone, and those are the kind of mistakes that
0: have you – not competing at the same level and have you falling you know little by little by little next year maybe falling to maybe what a wild card team and then after that out of the playoffs because you're not consistently getting the players you need at the right
1: positions absolutely and then the only other team i would add in there and i I can't say i hated their entire draft but the eagles left me scratching my head you know it's another team that really didn't have wide receiver depth this year i'm not saying they should have but maybe you trade up to get an elite receiver or uh be a dress you know, the the guy they took look i don't know the it's hit or miss at this point even with wide receivers but bigger picture taking jalen hurts in the second round are you saying that you like him as kind of a uh He's gonna learn under Carson Wentz. He's not necessarily a quarterback of the future. You can use him as like a Taysom Hill type with the run pass option and a offensive weapon in certain situations. I get it. But if you are saying that Carson Wentz is brittle, then you've got another Aaron Rodgers situation here. And we know the Philly fans and media love to circle uh when it comes to Carson Wentz and then getting hurt all the time. And he did again in the wild card game. So I'm not quite sure. And and the thing too with Hertz is uh, if they really thought he was worth a second round pick, I would think you want someone who not necessarily is going to be a starter, but you know is going to be there long term and eventually your starter. So the logic is what more kind of confounded me there than the, the overall draft itself.
0: We may be headed to the replay booth, but we'll be right back with Inside Sports Fantasy Football. For the latest news and information, analysis, and opinions on the Los Angeles Lakers and the NBA. Check out the Lakers Fast Break podcast today on wherever you get your podcasts. Well, overall, I think a lot of these teams made solid choices and the right decisions. Some teams, like you said, uh, did not build for the future in the way they should have. But it looks like overall it came off well, the NFL draft this year. I was impressed by it. I think they handled it well outside of Goodell's little basement dwelling thing and cheering on the fans in a very uh, robotic way and just you know, make setting himself up for some real trolling online and so to speak. But you know what overall it came off well and my compliments to the NFL. I'm just saying that right now that there's a lot of decisions that have to be reevaluated in how these teams went about the draft. So we'll see the residual fallout from that. And as we go along into the fantasy drafts and take a look and see what's going on for these teams, we'll go ahead and evaluate just exactly how well these drafts play out over the course of the coming season. But before we head on out, my friend, it's time for the doghouse and some final thoughts from you so take it over it's time for us to head to woof woof the chris Sardieri doghouse
1: <laughs> thank you you know as much as i give dave gettleman crap for his uh inability to draft at times i've got to give him credit here if we're gonna be fair and talked about players that slipped uh, into the second round or the third round uh, the giants pick at the the top of the second round xavier mckinney a safety from alabama um Giants fans know years ago they had a uh, safety that fell to them. Similar situation named Landon Collins. Get him and ultimately ran him out of town. He went to Washington as a free agent, but uh, they say he's uh, he's got a lot of upside. They need secondary help. I don't know if Jabril Peppers is the answer back there. And the uh, guy's going to come in with a chip on his shoulder because a lot of people gave him first round grades. So I'll give Gettleman his due there. That was a good pick. But then again, as we know, a broken clock can be right up to two times a day, right? So uh, we'll remain to be see if this was his acumen or pure luck.
0: Well, I also want to go ahead and before we head on out and give you a compliment, my friend, because over the weekend, you strayed away from the world of the Inside Sports Fantasy Football family to go ahead into your own vocation of podcasting. But this time it came with someone real special to your heart. So, why don't you go ahead and give a shout out for your new show
1: that you just developed with your son, on Anchor. Oh, well, thank you, Gerald. And and full disclosure, I uh, consulted with you first. I I don't want to stray from the family. You know, we freelance. Maybe we have a spinoff sitcom of sorts. But thank you for your technical expertise. It is called the Domination Sports Nation podcast. Play on words. My son's name is Dom and he's been talking about doing a podcast forever and a day, and we figured now while we're all uh, shut in and social distancing, now would be the time. It's available right now on Anchor and Spotify. We did our first episode, uh, published it last night, and we did an NFL draft recap, and in an ironic ironic twist, I play the role of Gerald. I'm more of the, uh, the narrator. I lead the q and more of the host of the show, and my Son puts me to shame with his knowledge of college football players and remembering everyone's names. Um, this old man's not as good as he is. He watches a lot more college and has a heck of a lot better memory than I do. So uh, it's a lot of fun. We're looking forward to it. Uh, feel free to subscribe, and eventually we'll get on all the, the big boys in terms of podcasts, the Apples, the Googles, the Stitchers. So uh, stay tuned, and thanks for the plug and the advice. But right now, it is available on Anchor
0: and also Spotify. So look up "domination." That's "dom" with a hyphen "nation," and it should come right up for you.
1: Yeah, had had to had to have a little twist to it, you know. We wanted to make it a little funny. He said he wanted "domination," and I talked him into the hyphen as a play on word. So that was our compromise. But uh, yeah, it's uh, you know we uh, I, I love the analytics on the the Anchor app. Um, apparently someone in australia listened to our podcast so we're we're now officially an international podcast Gerald.
0: that's awesome to hear and i wish you and your son the best of success with your new podcast and anytime a new episode comes out we'll be glad to promote it right here on inside sports fantasy football
1: you're too kind thank you
0: and for us one of the top 200 fantasy sports Podcast that's now available on Apple Podcasts, which is something that blew both Chris and I away. In fact, we were almost getting to the top 100 the other day. That was just incredible for us. If you have any questions, please feel free to give us a shout out at Inside Sports FF on Twitter or isfantasyfootball at yahoo.com. Send in your questions. We'll be glad to answer them as best we can. There's also Chris over here, Chris Ardieri, if you want to get a hold of him directly at chris l sports on twitter so if you want to get a hold of him directly it's at chris l sports on twitter you can also find us both on linkedin and the reason why i'm pushing linkedin is because he uses linkedin a lot for social media and and connecting with people and whatnot and i've used it some too so you can find us both right there gerald glassford and chris ardieri on linkedin if you want to go ahead and well link up with us pardon the pun
1: (laughs) Yeah, thank you. uh, It's been nice. You know, it seems like we get a a decent amount of views on there. And I'm hoping that's translating into the numbers we've seen on Apple as well. Well, I'll tell you what, it's been great talking to my friend.
0: I'm looking forward to the next time we speak on the NFL and fantasy football. All these teams are reevaluating how they did. It's going to be interesting to see how it all plays out. But we're looking forward to talking about it in upcoming episodes right here on Inside Sports fantasy football.